0: Listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of Etsy Edmonton. All right, everybody, it's uh, time for another edition of Rabbit Radio. This is edition 12. Wow. We've gotten to a dozen shows. What do you think, gentlemen?
1: Well, and the fan base is just rocketing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it is.
1: It's amazing. It's, it yeah. is rocketing. It's starting to climb. I, I, I think an, it's an starting to grow. Yeah. Yeah. too lies. bad we're not live today, D Dub, because yeah. JP and I came dressed apart. Yeah, you look pretty slick. You look like you're on holidays. I've, yeah. got,
0: I've got a shirt on from training six years ago, it, <laughs> and nice. it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's a rough shirt. Um, <laughs> we are here live. Well, I say live. We're recording the show, so we're here uh-huh. in the first round sports restaurant. In downtown Edmonton, we're in their draft room. This is the glass room that you'll walk into in the downtown uh, restaurant. It's a great room, actually. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's meant for people who have NFL, NHL, whatever type of draft you might have. Yeah. Uh, you can have small meetings in here. There's uh, a bunch of things you could do. And the wonderful waitresses like uh, Sarah's, who are serving us today, yeah. uh, will serve you and give you uh, lovely food and beverages. Mm. It's a lovely thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. very nice. I'm, I'm yes. slipping into uh, craziness here. Um, lots of things to get to in the show. We, we, we talked a little bit last week about uh, the CSA and whether or not they should change um, the man at the helm, and and of course this week they have changed the man at the helm. Um, I think it was the next day. actually. I think you're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. Dre yeah. brought it up and really thought it was uh, it was time for a change. I was kind of indifferent and. Uh, I can't remember. I think uh, we were both sort of not necessarily
1: on. A fence I think you about both it. said yeah, either way. You can yeah. build off this guy. That's right. Yeah. Or if he's gone, I understand why he's gone. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Fifty-fifty on that.
0: Exactly. Um, we're also going to talk about managers in the Premier League, uh, in particular after the first uh, you know games here that they started in the in the Premier League. The first five games, the differences in managerial. Um, ways the teams are playing yep. and how those you know you've got pep you've got, uh, you got all these different guys that are involved Virginia. here Jose yeah Oregon yeah and uh, yep. and it's it's pretty interesting to see the different styles that are now in the in the Premier League and uh, I, I'm just curious to know and, and I'm sure everyone's curious to know how that affects the rest of the world and the way other you know managers try to coach their teams yeah. how does that affect managers here in North America? And, and teams in general, do youth coaches start looking at the way these premier teams are playing and um, think they should change things themselves for, you know, for hopefully the betterment of their teams right. based on what they're seeing every Saturday morning? So let's start with that. Let's start with the let's start with the EPL and, and the okay. way things have gone so far and the way things are going.
1: Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on, on some of that? My, my thoughts in terms of the coaching is, but I'm a little biased because I do support Arsenal. We've had the same manager there for, since what, 1994? Since they
2: since they were the Invincibles. That was yeah, a long time ago. It was a yeah. long
1: time ago, but he's been there. and he, you, can't, you can't, okay, trophies, his cabinet's not overflowing with trophies, but he's consistently been in the top four, last season top two. Um, you know, uh, won the FA Cup a couple times uh, in that in the last couple of years. I mean, there's something there where you can say, OK, if you stick with this coach in this style for this amount of time, you're going to be up there all the time. But I think he needs to win, obviously. But I, my, my point is, all these... First-year coaches, that new coaches yeah. in the EPL, yeah. they, they are making a difference. But will they be here forever? Will they? Is the is the is the age of the coach staying at a club for a 20, long 30 years yeah. gone?
0: No, that's a that's a good point. Because yeah, the, the, think, the style is,
1: is going to change every year. Then because these guys mm-hmm. will go to the next club who's going to pay him even more millions. I, I think you know what. I, I think there's got to be some kind of growth within <laughs> a club. Uh, I, I mean,
0: even with a guy like banger he's, he's got to have some some differences from 94 to now in order to keep the team fresh, to well, keep them But you can't say that along. he hasn't because he's kept no, no, no. them that's, at that's that what I'm level, saying. right? That's So what he's I'm obviously
1: saying. adapted to the modern players. Exactly.
0: And that's, that's, all, that's the only point I'm trying mm-hmm. to make is that all these guys, in order to have longevity, you've got to be able to grow with the game. Yeah. And, and, you know, you'd think if – and it's, it's funny because I don't know if Ferguson just got tired at Man U right. and, and was just, okay, I'm, I'm done. I've done enough football for as long as I can. I want to be more of a fan of it instead of being he, deep yeah, in the work. What is he work. doing? Is he
1: retired completely?
0: I think or does he has a role with the club. He still has a role with the club. He has a role. I just
2: think he wants to enjoy his 90s. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so.
2: Well, I mean, it's true. But, I mean, no. and obviously, he's had to grow with the game as well. and. You know the interesting thing about—I uh, mean, obviously, we're, we're talking about when you saw when you bring up Sir Alex Ferguson. You're talking about one of the best man managers that's ever, that's ever managed a club side. Yeah. But when they were when that team, you know, was at its, was at its absolute best, you know, when they had the the and, and Ronaldo and yeah. they had everybody, that group of players was actually—I mean, they their on field manager and came from another manager and uh, as far as our tactical setup as far as the the identification of players like ronaldo to come in that came for uh, another a portuguese manager actually, know, I'm that worked under this. him yeah and i don't want to say his name cuz i always say it wrong so i don't want the you know any of our portuguese listeners to slaughter me but <laughs> oh one um, of them yeah one of them i uh, surge yeah he surge <laughs> no, serge surge doesn't listen to this <laughs> yeah um, so, but but you know, they had they had a modern man at, at the helm as far as the uh, the running of the training sessions, yeah. uh, helping set up some of their tactical mm-hmm. uh, play, and he was fairly modern. Again, would have been big on tactical periodization, I'm sure, because that's really where that methodology stems from. Um, certainly, man management we overlooked that because I think now you're seeing an era where a lot of these managers are on field managers as well as as well as. Man managers yeah, you know in the, in the Ferguson era, they would sit up they would watch a training session and their assistants would run the training sessions exactly I think you 're seeing more now like your pep, like your peps of the world that actually go on field and run the session. I think yeah. jose 's on the field running a session. Mm-hmm. I think conte 's on the field running a session, so there 's a, a bit of a difference there in that they, they have to be all roles they can 't just be good at man management and leadership; they actually have to understand the game, know what, exactly what they want to put in place run a good session yeah. um, I, for me it 's the most exciting time. Uh, ever in the EPL because of the managers that are now in the league
0: well, I agree I, I, just watching some of these games and and just the shapes of the teams and how they 're performing and yeah. it, I, it is it 's
1: real exciting, yeah, I think so far the league 's been been a really fun league to watch, and i think it's i, and I think I, and I think that it 's going to attract. Um, when you have these new managers coming in, and 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 obviously big name managers are in the EPL, that's only going to attract more talent to the league, uh, sure. both both player wise and coaching wise. So it's just going to keep on getting better, and hopefully the parity will continue. Hopefully teams like Leicester can. I think that's good for the league when when a team like Leicester can come out of nowhere. And I mean, yeah, I know you're tired of hearing about it, but I think it's good for the league. It's be yeah. great yeah. for the NESL when FC Edmonton wins the championship.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're right. You know, I think the beauty of, I think for me, the beauty of all these managers now being in the EPL, because uh-huh. obviously it's the most marketed league. Mm-hmm. It's a league that as Canadians, we have the most access to on TV. Yeah. So it's introducing our coaches to all these other new coaches with different styles. And you look at uh, Jose Mourinho versus Pep Guardiola. What a difference in methodology and how oh, you totally. approach the game. That game you this know, past
0: weekend was just yeah. so much fun to watch. Uh,
2: you know, and Pep being in the league. Cause, I mean, obviously, I mean, I've talked about it before, but yeah. I'm such an admirer of, of Pep Guardiola and Pep Guardiola. I try to read and study and look at every single thing that's out there on him. So, to be able to see him and his team shape week in and week out, yeah, that's going to drive coaching here as well. Because for sure we, it will we, have an effect, right? for sure. It, it, does. It, it does. We pick up. I mean, we watch each other coach, no mm-hmm. matter who it is. And, and managers are watching managers. And, and we're, we're taking things that work for us and fit our ideology in the game as well, our mentality. And now we're seeing the best of the best in this one league that yeah. we have access to. Uh, my
1: question is JP, when you're a player, so you've get you've gotten your coaching throughout the week, well throughout the season, but you know, you, you know, the the really the the coaching kind of ends at the end of the last training session. Yeah. As soon as those players take the field, it's kind of up to them at that point. How much coaching does actually happen during a game? How many changes in tactics actually happen during the game where the players aren't doing it themselves? It's actually the coaching staff who are guiding these players to do it, something um, different.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can only – well, I, I'll speak to my, for myself – Certainly, and I agree, Dre. The, um, you know, with the academy, it's a different level, a different, a different angle because we're developing, not trying to win games. But even when I was at Nate, and we had to win games, um, for me, what you're saying is actually spot on. Uh, so my, my role was Monday to Friday, and then game day on Saturday becomes the players. And you know, I might mention two or three or, or four things that the opposition uh, is likely going to do and then how we're going to counter that. But once a career, for me, once the players cross that line, it's their game. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that play it. They play it because they love it. And uh, they play it because they're not robots, right, because they have say and, they, and they're going to influence the game individually, yeah. collectively. Um, and then if it's not going the way you want it to go, if the other team has uh, offered something that you weren't prepared for, you have about three or four minutes at halftime to say a couple of things that will alter your fortunes, whether that's uh, making a tactical substitution because you would need to change your shape, whether it's just pointing out that the other team has made a tactical uh, alteration to play you. Um, that's, I think that's the coach's time. I, I think that uh, the era of managers on the sideline yelling and screaming out instructions is long gone. And uh, for me, it's a good thing; it's long gone.
0: Yeah, I but, mean, you can still help to try and adjust what's going on on the pitch. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, I, I think even <laughs> even myself, again speaking for myself, when I was uh, coaching in BC, I mean, I was I was coaching in there. I guess it'd be the equivalent to the uh, Alberta Major League, right? Uh, in BC, and and yeah, it was the same thing. You know, you, once once they cross that line. You you really you know you you can hope and be more. I don't, I don't want to say cheerleader, but you can you can definitely let them know and in, uh, in no uncertain terms what you're looking for. Right. But it, it truly is up to them. There's I, yeah. it's almost. I don't want to say it's a two-note type thing, but uh, I think players are so uh, mentally prepped for the game that they just want to focus on the game. That you know. I don't think they hear much wow, of I mean, what's being spouted out from sideline to sideline. No, so.
2: In a busy stadium, right, DW? At, yeah. at, at that level, when you're playing in front of anywhere from, well, whatever, we see it in some of our games when you're playing in, in Indy in front yeah, of 10,000 10, fans. No one on our field is here in the gaffer. Yeah, yeah. Barking structures. They yeah. can't hear a word yeah. at yeah. the end of the day. So, and
1: I think that speaks volumes for the type of team that your club is building because I think that makes that that captain role so important. Yeah. And... Not only that, you also have then have to build this team around them that's able, able to listen to each other and work with each other as a unit. Right. That you can't have an individual who's saying something opposite to the team because that change happens from a player, from mm-hmm. the boss on the pitch, the captain, from an Albert Watson, and it goes throughout the players on the pitch. And if one of them isn't in tune with it, if one of them thinks, I'm not listening to this guy, I don't respect him. Yeah that can have a real detrimental effect to the outcome of the game, I would yeah, think. Then you're, then you're definitely asking
0: for a little trouble, uh, so I would I think. So I
1: think character and, and, and uh, you know, focus on this is a team and we're building this team together is so important when, when you are putting a team together.
2: Well, it's easier when every player buys into the philosophy of the manager. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because then when the players do make their changes on the field, and they do, you see it on our team, you know, there's no secret we're a 4-1-4-1 4-1 team yeah. at, at the moment, but you've seen games where... Um, where Nick Ledgerwood has asked Sham to drop a little bit And almost play a 4-2-3-1 through the course of the game And that happens on the field The players have made that choice to do that yeah. you know, And we're really talking about dropping Sham 10 yards But the players have recognized that we've got a, a hole here And the only way we're going to fix this Is if Sham drops instead of, instead of playing high mm-hmm. And you'll see that in the game happen yeah. They'll often do that And that doesn't come from the sideline that comes from the players and a good senior pro like, mm-hmm. like Alleg or Albert Watson or some of these guys recognizing an issue and fixing it on the field. Yeah. And um, that mindset, the ability to do that has to happen on the training ground. So the players have to have a, a buy-in for the initial principle. But mm-hmm. when, when, that, when you're working together on the training ground so much, those things should happen seamlessly. It, it's, you know?
0: it's so funny you talk about the buy-in. And I, and I know I'm, I'm actually drastically changing sports but I saw an interview from this uh, r- right now. Uh, the World Cup of Hockey's been going on, right? And it was a- an interview with the one of the players from the Team Europe, I guess it is, and talking about how the entire group—it's just a mishmash of players from you know yeah. NHL th- from different European teams or from European uh, countries coming together. But the he, the actual term he actually said. The team has bought in. There's, there's right. been such a buy-in by every player here. Yeah. And it's, and it shows in how they play. So, um, you know, the same thing with the, with soccer, of course, is, is you, you kind of need everyone to buy in. And, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully the ones that don't will see the light eventually mm-hmm. and, and be able to continue on. And
1: I think, yeah, I think DW bang on. I, I, I don't want to continue on the hockey front yeah, yeah. forever here. But just the, the one that's most impressive to me is that Europe. Just because there are so many different culturally, I know. There, there, yeah, so many it, different it, countries are represented on that one club. Exactly. North America, you're either Canadian or American, and right. let's be honest, we're fairly it's fairly same. similar, we're not yeah. of course. Cool, but we're fairly of similar course. in our ideologies and whatever. Um, so, for me, Europe and the, what they're doing is amazing, and, and, yeah. and uh, I think that's that's in, in to bring it back to soccer. Yeah. I think at the EPL level, when you have all these different cultures. All these different countries represented on one mm-hmm. club yep. to have a manager who can really unite all those people in one—that's yeah. that's impressive. If you What's can do that, you'd—I mean, you're a hell of a leader. I mean, you're starting. You, know? you see it in some of the teams that
0: haven't quite—whether it's gel together or not, everyone's bought in. Or, Manchester United,
1: well, or just yeah, that, or just that's the, pretty much. The, you know what? So though, Jose Mourinho—is it the savior? Is
0: it is it is it the buy-in, or is is it the fact that Mourinho hasn't found? the right blend or the right mix. got too many
2: big heads on one club.
0: No, but but you still have to be able to uh, manage that, especially uh, uh,
2: Mourinho. He should be able to handle that. There's an element of their biggest problems are defensively, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's an element where it's going to take him time to fix what was destroyed last year. Yeah. You know, there's some of that. I'm not sure he's got good defenders anyhow, so he's going to have to build that team around him. The, the, The flip side of what you're saying, Dre, is... So it does take your leadership to bring everyone together under one banner, but yeah. but that's also that has to happen um, when you're recruiting new players in. So if, if you if you've done your job and if you're doing your job as a club, right, and you're yeah. identifying what players you, you what positions you need to fill and what players are going to fill them, hopefully you're pick, you're bringing in players that fit into the the group. Yeah, yeah. and that's that, and yeah, that's on that's style that's of play, play. Mm-hmm. definitely on an attitude and character. And I mean, I think FC Edmonton. You know, throughout Colin's time here, has has proven that we bring in character players and character people. So that's a staple. But yeah, the key is, I mean, if we're going to play as example, you know, in year one we were a very direct team. Yeah. Well, let's not waste. Time and resources bringing in a, a real gifted central midfield player that won't touch a ball, you know. So mm-hmm. you you bring in players that are going to fit your mold as well, exactly. Which makes then the bringing together of different cultures and, and opinions and all that a bit easier.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, I think you have to be pretty open as a manager or a director of soccer operations when you're talking to a new recruit, a new potential recruit. Mm-hmm. I think you have to make sure that they understand what your what, how how you, what your style of play is. What what. Tell tell this potential yeah. player to watch some game film and say, yeah. Would you buy into this? Is this how you see yourself playing That's this right. game? I think mm-hmm. that'd be really important. It's more now, size, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Now, do
0: you think that? With the, you think this? Uh, again, as we talked about right off the bat, um, the different you know high high end managers that are in the EPL now and the quality of the coaching that goes on at that level. Do you think you'd actually see some of that filter down? Do you, do you think? That filters down to a uh, youth level to some degree. I mean, obviously, you know, are, are the coaches actually watching this and
1: thinking? I think JP okay. already touched on it. I Come think on. that because it's such a it's such a well watched league yeah. in this in this country, that's who these these you know the the dad coaching the yeah. Timbits yeah. Uh, kids at six years old mm-hmm. is actually first watching Pep Guardiola on the sideline yeah. that morning. And then he's gonna. I mean, sort of, <laughs> I'm exaggerating you know, a little bit. You know, so, but I mean, yeah. I
0: mean, does, do you think that actually filters down? Do you think it's funny? I hope cause, so. Well, because I know there's some coaches. You yeah. know, yourself uh, as one of them, J.P., who really studies and and watches uh, other coaches and, right. and and finds a fascination within the styles. And and I'm just wondering how many other coaches out there are like that. I mean, there's obviously. If you're into coaching, you're going to be into. Uh, you'd hope so. Growing, you'd in hope some so. Capacity. You know,
2: I've heard so many, or I've read so many uh, Twitter comments about Pep Guardiola, and 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 they throw this ticky-tacky name at him, and that he's all about possession and silky football and stuff, but it's actually. You know, when I hear kind of comments like that, I'm like, "Well, you're actually then not watching Pep Guardiola. You're not watching his teams actually play because that's not at all what his teams are about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's about control on the entire field. It's about dominate possession, yes, but it's it's not this ticky tackle I, I think it's a ridiculous term to be yeah. honest with you. I've never liked it. I've I've said my piece on that publicly on Twitter as well. But uh-huh. it's a ridiculous term, and that's not at all Pep Guardiola. And so. I think there is a lot of managers, and certainly there's a lot of coaches that I talk to that that do get into the detail of coaching and into the detail of what he tries to accomplish. Not just getting caught up on watching the screen and saying, "Oh, look at that!" He, just, he keeps the ball for fun. Yeah. And then we have this conception of what he's about. So, yeah. Um, I, I do think I do think it does filter. I think it's uh, like I said when we started this conversation about um, we see all these different managers now, and depending on so. Depending on what your style is, as as yourself. I mean, I'm an attack-minded coach. For mm-hmm. me, I love having the ball. I love going at teams. Yeah. So being able to watch Pep joe and how he builds his team, do that. Being able to watch uh, Jurgen Klopp with that like lightning-fast attack, seeing that, and then trying to fit my own mentality into into what I'm seeing there, yeah. And make my own style. Uh, for those that are defensive-minded, you know, you're you're getting to watch Conte and you're getting to watch Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Um, you know, for those that like attacking football and with no defending, you get to watch Arsene Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> but 0 uh, <laughs> okay. today in yeah, uh, the league yeah, cup. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. So that's,
0: which yeah. is good. Um, but yeah, well, that's, anyhow, that's great. And then and, and that's we'll continue on this discussion. We're going to have uh, in our next show. We'll we'll, we'll try and have. Uh, a player in, and mm-hmm. especially a player who might have gone to Europe at some point in time. Okay, it's going to be Ben Fisk. Ben Fisk is the next guest. We're actually going to have a guest <laughs> yeah, on Surprise. Here. The next, <laughs> yeah, surprise. Um, we're going to continue on conversation here in uh, just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to come back with a little talk about the CSA manager change and uh, what's going on with the Canadian Soccer Association Uh, and their teams. We will be right back. This is Rabbit Radio, live from uh, the First Round Sports Restaurant. Yes, we are the official podcast of FC Edmonton. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back, Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton at the first-round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. Um, Just thought I'd uh, throw out there the fact that FC Edmonton has three more home games before... Well, before the season's over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, before the regular season's Regular season. We're hoping for exactly. more home games oh, in the playoffs right. here. Eh?
0: There will definitely be some more home and games. And you know what?
1: The, the games that are coming up at home are great games. Yeah. If you think about it. I mean, Indy, obviously, there's, there's an obvious reason why that should be a great yeah, game. October 2nd. Right. And then you got Tampa coming in who are pressing. On October and 9th. You got, I mean, Joe Cole is one of the biggest names that'll ever have come to Edmonton. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, huge. And then yeah. Jacksonville, which. Well, you hope they see a lot of goals, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: which would be great. Right. And I think the point I was going to try and make about Sorry. that is, is, is for for people to come on in and with the friends and family pack, you get yourself into the match, you get a hot dog and a pop, and uh, you get to enjoy all the fun that goes on, uh, More especially important. especially More the mayhem that goes on behind the goal with our uh, supporters groups. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, fantastic! So come on down, see us live in uh, in person at Clark yeah. Stadium. Uh, and check us out before we went to break we were talking a little bit uh we were just talking about managers in general and last week we actually touched on the csa and the national team and how things went or didn't go and um and, and then of course dre brought up the whole thought process of of do we been the manager uh that we've got mm-hmm. floral and um you know, we sort of set our pieces as, as far as what we thought uh and sure enough the next day he was binned what are your thoughts, gentlemen? Uh,
1: for me, it was the right decision, mm-hmm. and the way the that uh, I believe what the what the uh, CSA has come out and, and said is that we're not rushing into our next decision here. We're going to take our time because really the me- next meaningful game is God, what is it? At least a year away, right? I mean,
2: yeah. Well, a meaningful game. You know, we've got friendlies coming up here in October. Sure, friendlies. October, right? o- but yeah. Have so, but event. meaningful, yeah. There is. They, they need Michael Finley, the uh, intro manager. Oh, that's we've heard that. So, yeah, we'll get uh, back. to I just to think that it's a, a second, good but. good idea to take your
1: time, make sure you get the right candidate yeah. in place. Yeah. yeah. Um. And 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 we just talked about uh. You know how important the players are in this in these cases on the pitch. Anyway, I I don't think it's a bad idea to talk to some of your 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 veteran
2: crew. Um, and even some of the up-and-comers but, yeah. to say,
1: what do they think? What kind of style do we want to play? What are we looking yeah. for? I yeah. mean,
2: the interesting thing about that, Dre, is many of our players actually quite fancy Benito Floro. Show. Yeah, yeah. And, and they thought that tactically, um, he's probably the best that we've had. Tactically, he saw the game in a different way than managers well, they've had previously. So yeah. they, the so players, are better, better than that. Then, well, what they need to thing. do, I think. The, the, the concern for me is that we keep restarting. So, do they restart from scratch? Uh, again, because yeah. we've had different managers, different thought process. When does our player pool ever get to work with an ideology and ever get to work under a set of playing principles well, yes. and Two a foundation? Years in so it takes forever to qualify for World
1: Cup. They get time with these new managers. Really?
2: They well, get. They get. was at
1: first. I mean, no, those but, are
2: your. But really, your, they, get, they get. They get a, a seven-day-long camp here. Yeah, 10 they 10 get a four-day-long camp here oh, where okay, they train once. So that's they the actually, nature of the they beast actually,
1: in international soccer.
2: Yeah, but other countries have playing style. And other countries are going to bring in people that match a playing style. And we keep bringing in new managers with their own styles. My point is, if they're going to keep bringing in managers, um, then they have to have, number one, identify what we're going to be like on the field. How are we going to play as a country? Because they haven't done that. And Benito Flora finally put a playing style into this team. Yeah. And now, a couple years in, they've been them. Yep. Okay, so is the next guy blow all that up? And, and does this group of players now start again? Are they expected to? Because if we keep changing every two years, a manager... We'll never qualify yeah. because every two years, they've got to learn something new. And you're not going to learn a new manager's system when you train three sessions and then play and then don't see each other for six months and then get a couple sessions. I mean, you can't do it. It's impossible, Jerry.
1: Yeah. But, no, so, I, I agree with that. But my what I'm saying is then you talk to the players and and find out, is this the style of play that works with you guys? Did you like that? And they're saying clearly yes. Some of them are anyway. Yeah. That they appreciated Benito Floro's uh, you know technical expertise. Uh, so find a manager like
2: him, but better. You, well, you that's what they need
0: to do. Do you think they're actually going to do that, though? Do yeah. you think they'll actually take yes, the time to talk sh- to I the players? Think they will. And,
2: I think. Well, history I, I, hasn't shown that. History's no. not on our side. And, and, on that. and that's
0: and that's where I'm thinking. And that's where you're. I thinking, think you have Jeff. a
1: different group of leaders in that in that camp right uh, now maybe, than you have maybe. in the past twenty years. Um, we know Nick Ledgerwood personally. We also know some of the other players in that team just based on playing against
2: them. I'm not no, but the players are going to have – like they might, but at the end of the day, Dre, the players are not going to have a say on the manager. No,
1: no I'm not saying so, they have a say on the manager. I'm right. saying this is the way we want to
2: play. I'm not saying they, won't even, they we yeah, want to pick but, this
1: manager. I'm saying – But that's the other
2: thing. I think you're putting – I think you're, you're giving that – that's not a decision that needs to go to the players. That's not a decision Not a for decision. The I'm saying talk to them, have your opinions, get, even, gather information. But, but that's where I – Even that, Dre, I, I disagree with. i got to say that this has to be a decision of, of our of our association. Our association has to ultimately, determine, of course. But yeah, yeah. I, I, but but
0: I, I, what, I think what Dre is trying to say, and but but I I don't know if it would happen, is that someone from the organization has a word with the players. Talk to some of the players. What style was was he using? I mean, you, could, you hopefully be able to see the style uh, yeah. as far as you know. Just find right. out if I, they appreciated yeah. that style. Yeah. worked with them, but yeah. it
1: didn't. It wasn't successful.
0: But so. my, I, and all I was going to say is that I don't think. <laughs> based on past stuff that anybody within the csa would actually go to current players and say and ask those questions i, I, I don't think that would
2: happen how unsuccessful was it i mean let's let's Larry. Let, see I, again you know this is one of those things because we're coming down on this on, on this group of players in this team because they're unsuccessful but let's compare this group to last year's qualifying to the last qualifying group we're, this is a much improved team this is a much improved team they lost 8-1 in Honduras last time. This was a 2-1 game. Yeah. They are, they drew, uh, they drew at home. No, they drew on the road against El Salvador, Yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. That draw inevitably cost them, you know, because if they had won that game, they're going through to the hex. Of course. They beat El Salvador handily at home. And this is a team that, for me, has shown that El Salvador won't be counted ever again. That game showed that to me. Yeah. That's how I felt. This is team, I, I think that when you look at the advancement of our game, we're not going to flick a switch in a four-year turnaround and change our fortunes around. We just don't have the player pool to do that. You're playing the exact same. Essentially, you're playing with the same group of players that didn't qualify the last one, and that were absolutely humped the last time. This is the same group of players who are inches away from qualifying for the hex. Now, yeah. would they get to the World Cup? Maybe not. Maybe not. But yeah. but they're only inches away from getting to the hex. So, yeah, we didn't qualify. So if we just if we strictly go by didn't qualify, it's a failure. Fair enough. It's a failure. But there was so much improvement in style of play, in results, and and just in our competitiveness in games. 100% improvement. We can argue player substitutions, and we can argue that's a dodgy sub or that's a dodgy sub. Fair enough. And we're going to argue that about any manager anywhere on the planet. But at the end of the day, this group of players playing under that man tactically – were a much better side than they were uh, the last qualifiers. Yeah. But I think you've got to give players the credit
1: there because they're the ones who – it doesn't change. They only had a week camp here and a week camp there with Benito. It's not going to be any different for any other manager, same as him. He only had small little periods of time with these players right. over uh, however many years right. span, uh, mind you. But but I think you have to give way more credit to the players for for – Committing to each other in that in that sense. I think that's same what it's players, at, at, the, at the international level in this yeah,
2: same. Same group. group of players. Sure. I'm so not, so yeah, what's, I didn't say get rid of any it, players. No, but my point is this is the same group of players. Yeah. But they were much better this time around. So what's the difference? Well their experience style of play. They've got experience. System of play. This is not this is a good manager. He's mm-hmm. done his job tactically with these players. Yeah. Their performance on the field was good. I've watched the games. Tactically, you saw what he was trying to do. This is a good team. They like, tactically they were set up to do well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, we can all we can always argue uh, substitutions, and you know you need to, you need to score goals in your final game, and then yeah. you make defensive subs over. You know, you leave Simeon Jackson on the bench as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you, and there are some players not on the roster that many of us thought should well, have been on the roster. You can't
1: roster. just gloss over that. Those are huge. Well, they are.
2: The they are. But our, our tendency just to flick a switch all the time. Oh, it's not going right. Change, this. Change that. Change that. At FC Edmonton, if this was another club, Colin and myself wouldn't be here after our first two years of success. Mm-hmm. But ownership stuck with Colin. And that will be then you and me, D-Dub, as well, being part yeah. of technical yeah. stuff. Yeah. And look at the results this year. Because we've had time to build a system and put a system in place. Yeah. Canada never gives a manager time. I mean,
0: you look at Jurgen Klinsmann, for example, in the States. There's a couple of times when the performances were terrible with the U.S. And and he's still at the helm.
1: On, so, on shaky ground, for sure.
0: Oh, but, I mean, I'm just thinking time period, length of time as well. Yeah. Like, he's... He struggled for quite a bit of time, I would think.
1: I just think that, I mean, in, at this at, at international, there are breaks. There are breaks, right? Yep. Now Canada has nothing to do for the next couple of years. If you're going to make a change, now absolutely is the time to do it. Fair enough. So, I mean, mm-hmm. whether they're right or wrong for yep. firing the man, yep. now is the right time to do it. Well, if you're yeah. going
2: to do it, you do it now. Yeah. I mean, the question is just going to be, should they have done it? Because yeah. a, a lot of our most senior players have come out publicly and supported this man as saying that he should still have the job. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll take the player's word for it.
0: Well, we'll, we'll see October 6th and uh, 11th. Those are the next uh, games Canada plays.
2: Well, then on that note, so that's Brian Finley um, stepping in as the interim manager. And there, for me, if they're going to take their time and uh, getting a, you know, a new manager in, wherever that mm-hmm. manager's is going to come from, I'm glad they've gone with the Canadian And I'm also glad they've gone with the Canadian that's actually been part of that system for two years because at least now you might get some carryover. So whatever tactically has been set up with that group of players, at least Michael Finley's been involved in that, and I think you'll get some carryover into this group of players and to play. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, they fired him, we move on. Hopefully they bring someone in that shares the mentality that he was bringing into this group of players because then the process continues instead of having to start from... Right from scratch. Right right from square one again.
0: Well, that makes sense. And on that note, we're going to take another short little break here. And when we come back, we will uh, maybe have a special guest in here. We'll have to see. We'll talk to you in a bit here. This is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. Stick to rabbit radio the official podcast of fc edmonton and we're back here rabbit radio the official podcast of fc edmonton live at the first round sports restaurant in downtown edmonton and we have a special guest yes it's been a couple of shows since we've had a guest in the uh, in the lovely studio here and who is it it's ben fisk fc edmonton young player extraordinaire how you doing ben Good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Uh, I'm going to go right off the bat here. It, it, since you've come in, you've, uh, you've worked your butt off. I've seen your work uh, when you haven't been with the team and seen your work uh, when you have been with the team. And uh, there's been a steady growth since you got here, both learning curve-wise and uh, just getting used to the guys and getting used to, to Edmonton as a whole. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic to see. Was there a question there? for I got going? two questions. Yeah.
3: What do you got, D Dub?
0: <laughs> I got a pair of yeah. aces. Um, yeah. My my question was, how are you enjoying yourself here?
3: Uh, hard hard <laughs> got, hitting. Got, yeah. Well, no,
0: I figured we start from CNN's where we normally start with yeah. <laughs>
3: no, it. Was a loaded question, but uh, no, I've really enjoyed myself so far. Um, I think, uh, like you said. Uh, I've been working really hard and just trying to, to integrate myself in the team and get to know the guys. Um, and obviously coming off uh, my season in Europe, which ended in, uh, in May, I had to, had to get fit and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it was a learning curve, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good and, and feeling, uh, feeling like a part of the team. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You had your two questions. Go yeah, ahead.
1: Yeah, well, first I want to point out that is doing a great job on, on making sure our roads are paved, <laughs> that our garbage gets picked up on a timely fashion. He's, he's putting the EPSs, all their kids through college with his, his photo radar tickets. So, city oh. thanks you for that, Ben. Maybe all right. slow down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my question is uh, twofold. One, a selfish one. Uh, just curious, as uh, Arsenal just signed a, a Deportivo La Coruña player, just wondering if you've ever, ever had the pleasure of meeting young Lucas Perez at all.
3: Yeah, uh, actually I know him uh, pretty well, so I sent him a text when, uh, when, when he signed there because it's obviously a, a massive massive move for a guy from, uh, obviously they play in La Liga, but Deportivo is quite a humble club. So um, I think the whole, the whole family there was, was, was happy to see him get a move like that because he had an incredible year last year. Um, So, I mean, when I got the chance to train with him, he's an attacking player as well. He can play wide or up front. So uh, when I was training with him, I was just trying to watch what he was doing and uh, learn what I could from him. And and he was always actually uh, quite good with the young guys. So uh, I I personally was really happy to see him get, get the move he deserved. We should great, We should actually brilliant. start from the beginning, shouldn't we we've kind of jumped right into the
1: middle of him playing well, I had yeah. said I had a it's two-folded pain. question. okay, I'm sorry, sorry, continue with, with the, the beginning after my question. okay, here. go ahead, so he just scored two goals today. I don't know if you saw it in the in the in the league Cup, so my question is, Ben, you've been so agonizingly close week in and week out from scoring your first goal for the eddies. Do you think if you score one it's just going to come? just rolling down the hill are you going to score 10 after that in succession
3: i mean let, let's start with the first one first but uh, yeah, no i definitely pressure. think like uh you know i've been a bit unlucky at the moment so you know a bit more luck and i could easily have like four goals in the last four games so uh, i just gotta keep getting in the right areas keep shooting and, and not lose any confidence and and i think once the goals start coming they'll, they'll come in bunches we hope so. We hope yeah, so. we're all we're all hoping that we all that's see it the coming. Yeah, all, talks all about hoping that that's,
0: that's the case. But let, let's go back to right the right from square one. And that's I apologize. I should have done that right off the bat. But uh, BC boy, um, got your start playing for who? The North Shore
3: uh, North no, Shore Soccer Club. Are we going like right from no. The, no we don't right have to start? go right
0: from the right from the start. You got uh, your you got into the residency program. Yeah, well, with it, the Whitecaps.
3: Grew, white grew up playing for a host of clubs in in East Vancouver. Um, People from there will, will know ICSF, Grandview Legion, um, nice to give a couple of shout outs. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just came up through the, the Whitecap system. I think I started training with the, their Prospects program, which they had at the time. Little Bart uh, Chauffeur. Yeah. yeah. Bart Chauffeur was a, a, a big name when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I mean, uh, great training there and worked my way up into the residency program Um and I uh, ended up signing, signing a contract with the team and began training with the first team and stuff uh, before I headed off to Spain.
2: Oh,
0: that's, that's that's a good
2: thing. Yeah. And then you were in Spain for two years. Two and a half years. Two yeah. and a half years, yeah. And the first club was... I can't pronounce it, I'm looking at it here, but... Uh, Caruso. Okay, I didn't, yeah. want to, I didn't want to butcher it. That's so what I didn't say. It. Say it. And then uh, yeah. Caruso. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. What <laughs> yeah, are you talking you know, about? I, t- I took Spanish <laughs> in university. Well, you wouldn't have butchered <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but then, so for me, only because... Uh, I've actually visited. Um, I've been to see a Deportivo game. Really? Yeah, first team game. When I was in the Navy. How, how you are. haven't told me that yet? Yeah, it's astounding. I, know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just I keep. Would things. have thought that would
3: be the first thing you, yeah, you'd I, say I, when you met me. But. Yeah,
2: I like to have secrets. And <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, when I was in the Navy, sailed, and we we were in port, and they uh, the club sent our warship tickets to come watch. So did that it was stadium was packed, brilliant to play. So it was right away when you know the conversation was about uh, assigning you here. You know, just I thought that's a good club. You know, yeah. you said it's a humble club, but it's a good club. Yeah, and uh, they only bring in good players. You know, so it was actually a relatively safe bet. We were talking about Ben Fisk coming to FC Edmonton. It was such a safe bet for us, knowing the two years of education you've had over there. Uh, ben. So then it goes into the next question about, um, uh, because we had a discussion on, we were talking just before you got here, Ben, about about d- the different managers in the EPL right now, different coaching styles, and, and how it's going to open up uh, the coaching world to coaches here in Canada, because we all watch the EPL. It's so accessible here. You see it four games a weekend. So, so new managers, your new coaches here will watch that. Yeah. But now someone like yourself, you've experienced it. You don't just get to watch my TV and think, well, maybe he's doing this or that. So you've, you've experienced coaching in spain which i think most people would agree right now is probably at about the highest level on the planet yes yeah, maybe, definitely maybe with bet. german coaches yeah um, so biggest difference then you know you've had a, you've grown up here in canada you've gone away to spain now you're back in canada so what is the difference
3: um i think for me the biggest difference was the the amount of time and attention to detail on the not so glamorous sides of the game, mm-hmm. um, so i 'm talking like tactics for me, that was the biggest thing i couldn 't believe um, when I got there how much, how much of the training session was devoted to tactical work okay. um, so I mean as a player that 's boring, but uh, you know you, you see the fruits of the labor on the field like you know Spain arguably has been the most successful national team in for my generation at least right um, so you, you see that because you see that uh, you see how how quickly they all press the ball. Uh, when they lose it, how quickly they win it back, and then obviously with the ball, they're they're second to none in the world in terms of how they keep possession and, and create right. opportunities. So, um, I think a lot of people would watch that on the surface and think, oh, it's down to their incredible players, like you know the David Silvas, Iniesta's, sure, uh, which of course they play a big role in it. But um, every single guy on that pitch knows exactly where they need to be in every single situation, mm-hmm. whether it be attack or defense. Um, they're all on the same page. They, they've done every, like every every single thing you see them do, they've done a million times in training already. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, for me that was the biggest difference was the amount of work tactically, both offensively and defensively, okay. uh, that we did in training.
2: Nice. Very nice. Yeah, and I think that's the part that we often leave because we're so focused here on technique, technique, technique all the time. And, and fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and fitness. Yeah, we're Canadian, we have to be yeah, fit. Of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the tactical side of the game, because I've always, I've often said that when you have young players coming through, when I've been asked what do they need to work on, when other, when other coaches here in Canada are saying, well, what do you work on with the academy? What do these kids need to be better? I'm like, tactics.
0: Yeah.
2: Technically, we've game got awareness good players. And yeah, we've got good players. I mean, at the end of the day, technically, yeah, you're going to look at your Spanish players, Brazilians, and they're going to be at the highest level, but you're not going to take – a. a no, though to respect their uh you know jonesy or all these other british players we have but you're not going to tell me a 14-year-old british player is technically that much further ahead than a, mm-hmm. a 14-year-old canadian player mm-hmm. you're you're doing a lot of the same things early mm-hmm. so what sets you apart and i think it's that like game awareness that yeah. we don't spend enough time on
0: yeah, yeah. i agree i yeah. agree
3: um
2: can i add something yeah for sure just man. A, a good example
3: of that is um you know being with the academy and with, with the reserves at deportivo you obviously spend a lot of time at the at the training complex, they call it the Sports City. Um, right. So, you know, you've got the first team training there, but every day coming in, I would see the young guys training as well. So you mm-hmm. watch, you know, a team of under-8s or under-10s training, and you see these kids, like, they, they know the game. They're right. 8 years old, and they know exactly what they need to do. They're mm-hmm. doing third-man running, overlaps, and right. stuff. So it, it's, it's, That's it's crazy. incredible, It's you a know? totally
1: different mentality. We were talking about that earlier on, Ben. We were saying, you know, oh, uh, um, I'm wondering if, if you know, your, your Saturday morning dad coach, he's coaching a six-year-olds in the Tim Bitt soccer program. Do they kind of watch before they go to that training session? Do they watch Pep Guardiola on, yeah. on Saturday morning and then take some things in and then try and, and do that in a training session here? And we joked about it. Like, oh, come on, they're six years
2: old, I mean, yeah. whatever. But in Spain, you better know the game <laughs> by eight
1: or else you're cut. Or else you're
0: asking for <laughs> you know? some trouble.
2: But there yeah. must be. There's a cultural influence there, you know, certainly, Ben. I mean, I imagine that those kids, from the time that they're watching TV, are watching football. Yeah.
3: yeah. The, the, so, the other thing is, you know, how many sports are popular here in North America? you got hockey, right. mm-hmm. fo- American football, baseball. You know, not every kid is focused on one sport yeah. where there it's... Yeah it's soccer and not much else you know yeah um so
2: well you look at a 10 year old right yeah yeah let's not go there no let not basketball team is pretty good yeah. but
3: yeah they are um but yeah it's if you have a whole culture focused around a sport you you grow up knowing the game right. and it's ingrained in their blood pretty much you mm, know so yeah no that's
2: fair uh, another question sure have you, you got me? one yeah i do have one actually um so uh you you come through the white caps program you know and then before it wasn't i mean they didn't exist all that much before you started i mean it had been around a while but but certainly the growth of mls academies in canada isn't a long thing it's not been around a long time and then now we have us of course in ottawa so uh how important was it for you uh, as a young player to get yourself into a pro environment with the white caps at a young age for your development would you have developed the same if you had played club soccer all the way through or was that a key component to your early growth
3: i think for me personally i think no matter what environment i was in Mm -hmm. i I was gonna make sure that i that i gave myself a chance to to go somewhere with it um you know the the amount of hours i spent just training on my my own or i mean i used to stick my mom in net and take shots on her (laughs) that's awesome so uh you know like i think it, it depends on the guys. Um, right. So, you know, I, I think I would have found a way. But at the same time, I like, I can't say enough words to, to thank the Whitecaps organization for, for mm-hmm. the training and, yeah. and opportunities that they gave me. Okay. Um, you know, I, I remember going on, on trips to Spain, to, to the Dallas Cup in, in the States and stuff. So... If you're not in a in a top environment, uh, in a top club environment, I should say, uh, you're not going to get those same opportunities. So now right. you
0: you weren't involved when Thomas Niendorf was the head guy, or was it? Right at the I, end I came of
3: that. in just as he was kind of on his way out. Okay. So I think the last trip he actually made with the residency was a trip to Spain. Yeah. Um, and I was still with the prospects at the time. Okay. Because um, I know there I,
0: was there was a bit of a sorry, I didn't, oh, there was a bit of a transition <laughs> in the whole residency right. program sure. at that time. Yeah. Um, to be more of what it is now so you got yeah. in on it yes yeah, so
3: I kind of came in right at that transition moment yeah um, mm-hmm. so like I said we had that trip to Spain which mm-hmm. uh, I got called up to go on and ended up being pretty good because it scored a couple of goals against Real Madrid so <laughs> there you I go throw that in there but uh, <laughs> why not so Thomas Neendorf was the one who first brought me into the residency program yeah um, and then from there we had Craig Dalrymple Richard groot schulten Um, Bart Chauffeur was still involved uh, a bit. Um, A lot lot of great coaches that that we had to to help pave our way there. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. We're going to
0: take a quick break here and uh, come back and talk a little bit more with Ben about his career, stuff that's coming up for him, uh, all sorts of fun stuff with Ben. We'll be uh, right back here on Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. You're listening to Rabbit Radio. The official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back here, Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. And the guest in with us today is Ben Fisk. Yes. Ben, how are you? Still doing well? Still doing well. Have you have you, have you feasted a bit here? I have good food. And uh, what did you have?
1: <laughs> I had the fish tacos. fish tacos. Fish tacos! Fish
0: tacos! Has anybody
1: ever had the salmon burger here? I think I'm going to do that one. I actually, no, did yeah, you? I did, you had yeah. it once. You yeah? said it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but you went back to fish tacos, so it that could says something. couldn't have been that good. Yeah. couldn't yeah. have been that great. No, he likes, were good. The were good. <laughs> likes the white
2: fish. <laughs> they were All good. He likes the
1: white
0: fish. They were good
2: first round. They were good. They, they're always good. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so,
0: Ben, we were talking earlier about uh, your days with uh, uh, your days in Spain, of course, starting off with the, the residency program at the Whitecaps. And why don't you tell us a little bit of the, about the story? You, you started telling us off-air the, the story about uh, talking to Carl. Uh, the head coach of the Whitecaps, and and just his thoughts about your career and wh- what you you know needed to do moving forward.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I said it to you guys that he was a big influence on me. Uh, obviously, an excellent coach, but but a great guy as well. Um, so when when my contract ended with the Whitecaps, I had a good good talk with him. Um, and he he was quite honest with me, in saying that you know he, he rated me highly as a player, but he didn't see me getting the minutes uh, that that I deserved and, and needed for my development with the Whitecaps organization. So um, so he said that in, in his opinion, what I needed was to to take my game somewhere else and and experience living away from home and and playing for different managers and stuff, kind of get get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I obviously really appreciated that that honesty and that. That kind of push out the door was what I needed, I think, because I, I definitely was very comfortable living at home in Vancouver and and stuff. So uh, that's when I headed to, to Spain.
0: Awesome, awesome. And and the teams you ended up with in Spain, you obviously didn't start right away with Deportivo. You started off with... Uh, well, well,
3: I, I went on trial with Deportivo. It yeah. actually was the the first place I went. Um, I spent a month with them uh, and then a month training with uh, Billy Real. Um, and uh, Villarreal wasn 't interested deportivo was uh, was a little bit, um, but they said that I was too too unknown I was a young Canadian guy with not not much to his name so um, so they said you know we 'll watch you this year and, and see what happens so uh, I was lucky enough that the the coach of Caruso uh, saw a few of my training sessions and and friendly matches uh, with Deportivo, uh, so they offered me a deal uh, that summer it would have been the summer of 2014 mm-hmm. So I uh, I spent uh, a year there with them, um, and then when that year finished, Deportivo came back and said, uh, you know, have had a good season. Uh, we we like the kind of guy you are, the kind of player you are. Let, let's bring in and and see how things go. So
0: that's that's too
1: awesome. I love I love stories
0: like that's that.
3: So good.
1: I mean, a young Canadian kid. Yeah, doing, doing like, well in Europe. What's the end goal for you, Fisky I mean, where do you want? To, where do you see yourself in ten years?
3: Um. To be honest, my end goal has changed dramatically multiple times in the past mm. five years. Uh, growing up as a kid, I always wanted to play at the highest level in Europe, um, and that to me was was the only the only focus. Um, then when the when the MLS came to Vancouver with the Whitecaps, that was like wow, you know, I, I could play high level professional soccer here at home, we were getting good fans and stuff. Um, and then I went to Spain, and you know, the European dream came back, and now I'm back in Canada again. So uh, you know, the end goal, I think, is just to, to become the, the best possible player I can, I can be um, and then just kind of make decisions as they come regarding my career. Uh, you know, I've, I'm really happy here with the Eddies so far, uh, so I'm looking forward to, to finishing off this season on a high note um, and looking forward to next season. And, and after that, we'll see, see what comes my way and, and uh, what, what the best decision is for my career. Do you uh, do you rate? Um, I mean,
1: is is it's getting to the senior national team something that you you need to happen for you? Yeah, you definitely. Consider um, yourself to be successful.
3: For sure, yeah. Um, you know, I have a British passport as well, Hi. and uh, lots of you know, lots of dual nationality mm. players. You know, have dreams about playing for mm. the other country that's not sure, Canada. Um, so, I mean, of course, I thought about that a little bit as a kid, but. Um, probably since 16, 17 years old, I, I've always wanted to to play for Canada and uh, and to help establish them as a, a real footballing nation. So definitely the the senior national team is on my radar, and I know that if I if I keep playing well for the Eddies, then, then I'll get my chances there. So,
1: And then final one, and I'll <laughs> let somebody else have a quick conversation with you, Ben, but um, for me... Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, um, these past few games for me, and I, I think I've said it on air here with these guys, that, that, that really... Uh, especially that game that Nick Ledgerwood played the last game against uh, El Salvador, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he was just, I mean, he, he was the best player on the pitch, in my yeah, mind. For sure. Um, um, I think he got man of the match in that game, scored mm-hmm. a goal, Um I, I see that uh, – How? I guess I'll ask it this way. How much does Nick Ledger would influence you on a day-in and day-out basis on the training pitch? Do you, are you learning stuff from a guy like Nick or is it uh, you've got a totally different game and I'm just seeing something straight? Because I saw a lot of what you've been doing the past four games and what Nick did against El Salvador with Canada.
3: Yeah, I mean – if you look at ledge and i there's lots of similarities in that we you know we're canadian guys who've gone to europe uh he obviously spent a lot longer there than i did um but i think we we have similar views on the game and what what nick's done in in his career is is incredible right he spent 13 years overseas and you know played at the highest level so i definitely look up to him Um, we get along well off the field as well so uh we go golfing together once a week so uh (laughs) he's a great guy and and a great player we're pretty similar, but uh, last couple of times I've beat him, so there you go. Yeah, that's there what it's go. all about, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think if there was like one word I could use to describe Nick. It would be passion. Because um, that guy plays with his heart on his sleeve, um, and uh, that, like you said, that El Salvador game was a, a perfect example of that. Um, so you know, it, it's an honor to share the pitch with him. That's yeah. good. Over to you
2: guys. Well, no, it's over to us. No, yeah. I was just going to say, because I mean, you have represented Canada. You've represented us at the U23 level, yeah, the U20 sure. level, and uh, I imagine U17 before that. Uh, no, I didn't play U17.
3: Really? Uh, my first call-up was under 18. Okay. So it was preparation for the under who was that with? was Valerio Gazzola. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, Valerio. Um, so I went actually with the okay. older under 20 team to the under 20 World Cup qualifying. Uh, so I would have been 17, 18, um, and then I went again with my age group. Right. Um, then U23s, and then I've been in camp with the with the senior team
2: twice, but yeah. still haven't
3: gotten a cap. So
2: right. Well, I'll keep playing the way you're playing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, knock on wood for you, pal. But yeah, knock on doing wood. The right thing right yeah. now. You are yeah. doing a good thing. You're playing so. really well. Uh, I want to touch on um, <clears throat> a few things actually, but the one that you brought up, you know. So, I asked you the question about the importance of uh, professional academies here in Canada now, you know and how you felt the white caps were they that important for your uh development and then your move overseas and you said that you were so driven individually that for someone like yourself, it might not have mattered that you were you had a goal and you were working to get that if that meant shooting soccer balls at your mum, so be it <laughs> so how many like How many hours a day extra, like after a school day? How many hours of your own time would you put into your your work? And this is important now because, we, of course, we've got our own academy. And and young people, there there seems to be a, a, I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't know. The work ethic is not quite the same i, I, I 'm just not sure how many young kids are as driven they they want to be professional yeah. I wonder how many young soccer players are as driven as young hockey players and i 'm going to compare the two there because how many i mean I see so many young hockey players that are in the summertime playing street hockey always with a stick and a, and a tennis ball or in a tennis court with that and i 'm not sure how many young soccer players I see doing that you know on their own time, so how many hours a day would you or a week. It, it, it's a tough question to answer yeah. just because it, I wasn't thinking
3: about it like that. Sure. I was just thinking about I, I, I want to go play. Um, yeah. But definitely my belief on it is that like you become a great player by spending hours and hours and hours with the ball. Yeah. Uh, you, the ball has got to become your best friend. So uh, you know, whether it was out playing with my buddies or out, like I said, taking shots at my mom, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was playing every day. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, as I go, got older, that became more and more, uh, more and more into an organized environment. Training with the the Whitecaps Academy, the sure. BC Provincial team, whatever it, it may be. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, me and my buddies were always playing pickup games. And yeah. and uh, you know, for me, watching the guys at the top level, for, a good example is watching Beckham's free kicks. I used to go. You know, I want to be able to bend a ball like that and right. put it in the top corner. So I'd go to the park and you know spend an hour, hour and a half working on my on my technique to try and hit free kicks like that. So right. um, did you teach
1: yourself when you're doing that, Ben? I've always wondered because I mean I've got nothing close to any kind of skill when it comes to this anything really. Uh, but I mean when you're when you want to go out to the park and you want to bend the ball in like he does, is is do you have to watch? Do you have to slow it down to watch how his foot strikes the ball, or is that something you just? Repetition, repetition, repetition. Just hit the ball as many times as you possibly can. Trial
3: and error. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. said, you, you got to spend hours and hours and hours with the ball. So uh, mm-hmm. you spend you spend that kind of time. Um, you know, it, it's deliberate practice, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're trying to trying to find the right way to to do things, and if you spend that kind of time with the ball, you're going to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Combine that with some great coaching, and uh, yeah. and I was really lucky to to have the coaches I did. So I mean. Um, that, that's how it was for me. It was a bit of just watching and, and learning, trial and error, and then
2: some some good coaching on the side as well. Because I I love that. It's a good question and it's a good answer. And yeah. I like that because I'm often asked. I'm often asked by you know dads or whatever. Listen, you know How can I make? How can can you show my son the proper technique to to strike a ball? Yeah. And I said, Well, can you tell me what the proper technique to strike a ball is? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Everyone's strikes What it is different?
2: There isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean at the end of the day we spend so much time again, you're in the coaching manuals and the coaching courses and you have to strike a ball this way and point your toe down and get over the ball, lock your ankle. Yeah. But watch Ronaldo and watch Messi and watch them all strike a ball. Not one's the same. Not no. one has this ideal technique we talk about. So mm-hmm. so I'm glad you've said that. It's trial and error on your own with the ball. Ball's your best people it, it's not a cliche. If that ball is your best friend when you're young, you're going to find success. What what success means to somebody might be different from playing in Spain or a, a full-ride scholarship or whatever, yeah. but you'll find success for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Now, we usually, we usually have a question or two from Jeff. I don't know if you had a chance to really think of anything uh, in regards to uh, uh, I, m- Mr. Fiske
2: here, but uh, I don't know. I need to clarify. So yeah. you're a United supporter? I am. Yeah, you are. And, uh, <laughs> you know... I always feel guilty whenever we have a Man United fan on here because they've got such high hopes and you know this year Jose Mourinho's come in and can I um, just interrupt right there? <laughs> no, this, you probably should, Ben, yes. This is uh, a lot sorry. coming from a Liverpool fan. When, when's the last title you guys won? Wow. No, no, There's no question yet. I, I don't know. No. You're, you're, you're getting upset for no reason yeah. there, Ben. Because I was actually going to just jump over and, and change my tone a little bit and, and stick up. I, I was going to say, give Jose Mourinho time. Yeah, of course and, you were. Um, yeah, no. So that's where it was <laughs> headed. But, yeah, I mean, since you've thrown that out there, and, uh, you know, if you want to... Uh... Let me grip this microphone a little <laughs> tighter. <time. laughs> exactly. No, but, no, no, serious question. No, serious question. I mean, um, it's hard to predict the future, but how do you think you're going to feel at the end of this year uh, knowing that you're going into your second straight year without European football?
3: <laughs> In my opinion, that's not going to happen. So let's leave let's <laughs> it at that. I think Jose Mourinho's proven everywhere he's gone that he, he knows how to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's lots of Man United supporters talk about whether he has the right style um, for, for what, Man United's used to seeing. Uh, I think that is doesn't really matter if he brings Mm -hmm. results. I think everyone will will focus on
2: the results and uh,
1: just like the new Canadian coach, whoever they bring. So yeah.
2: yeah, So then, what what is it about Man United fans that you're able to forget Jose Mourinho's record last year when he got binned?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's good follow up. Good follow up. He's won everywhere else he's been. He's won (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea (laughs) before.
2: You know, yeah. when's, you, when's the last
3: time you won the Premier League? Okay, job? legit. Um,
2: <laughs> no, I always just talk about European championships. Uh, <laughs> whenever we talk history, I just bring up European titles. <laughs> do, you want, yeah. do you want me to save you from this? <laughs> do you need saving? Uh, save this, it? this is all right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. But here's
2: a, this, is, this is a, a kind of legit question, though. Um, kind of. On Man United. But um, how do you feel? This is legit, actually. How do you feel about, I mean, obviously, you are so much talent. I mean, I would love Pogba to be on Liverpool. You know, he's... he's not had the start everyone is anticipating but he's young yeah, I'd and it's a new he, environment.
3: He's, he's a bit too big for Liverpool but...
2: Maybe. We can't afford him. I'll give you that. <laughs> we can't afford him. Um, we win. We just win on, on team play. But um, uh, Fellaini as your number six. Thoughts?
3: Uh, I've mixed emotions towards Fellaini. Uh, on the one hand I actually do rate him as a player. I think uh, when he's played in the right role which... For me, is as a six, winning balls uh, and playing simple. I think he can be very effective. Right. Um, at the same time, I think you know he showed his effectiveness for a club like Everton. I think at a, a club as big as Man United, you need someone with just a bit more quality in there. Right. Um, so I'm, time will tell. We'll see if see if Mourinho sticks with them. But um, that's that's my opinion.
2: Okay. And then last one, Wayne Rooney. Does he deserve to be a starter?
3: I think it's pretty hard to take a guy with with that much behind his name out of the team. Um and on his day he can be the best player in the park. I think uh obviously he, he hasn't been at at his best for a while, but um I'm I'm hopeful and, and uh I, I think he'll he'll find his form again, so I wouldn't take him out.
2: You keep him in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Mr. Fisk, thank you very kindly for being a guest here today. Thanks for having me, guys. I love having you here. We'll have you back, definitely. Um, And, you know, when we come back, we'll have uh, our North American roundup uh, for the... What am I talking about? I don't know. You guys want to help me? North American. And I've had nothing to drink this uh,
1: episode. No, there's we, probably just <laughs> as much alcohol in that Coke than there is yeah, in the maybe, Rattler maybe. You usually get.
0: by. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> we're coming back with our NASL roundup. This is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. We'll be right back. This Victor Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, and we're back, Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, coming to you from well, we're coming from the First Round Sports Restaurant. That's where we're coming from, downtown Edmonton. You know what? I was in the mall on the weekend, the West Ed Mall, and I actually saw the First Round there. It was—it's uh, quite the big place on that Bourbon Street. There's so much stuff there. It isn't funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, FCM2 needs a presence in that mall right?
0: I think so, for yeah, sure That would be, be good. great yeah.
1: That would be good Anyway, thought I'd throw that out yeah, there
0: yeah. Um, The mall <laughs> It's the mall, yes I used to be called Mall Boy uh, That was long ago What? What's the story behind that, d Mall Boy it was, uh, it was an ex who used to call me Mall Boy because I liked hanging out at the mall and going into <laughs> oh, electronic stores. You are a catch. <laughs> it was it was back in the day. I think it was more like spending money is what it was. So um, we are now on to the uh, North American Soccer League. Our roundup, and we'll start with the uh, the week that was. So the week that was just ended.
2: Yeah. At some so point. if we go back to Wednesday, Miami one uh, nil. Uh, Miami one 0 hosting uh, Carolina.
1: That team surprises me. They're so. You'd think Miami, okay, now it's their time, they're going to run. And 1-0, they won, they got the three points, yeah. but not convincing.
0: Yeah, you know what, I, I, not convincing, but Carolina's, I mean. It, they're no pushover. They well, it's, yeah. it's, every, every team in this league can, uh, can have some days where they're playing, they're good, you know, where they perform and they have great performances. Um I'm not sure how uh, how balanced it was I mean it, you know if 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 you go to their stats pages and and see what happens uh, you know uh, it, yeah, uh, seemed like a pretty the goal, even game, it was a fairly balanced game, exactly. Yeah,
2: they were actually out-possessed by uh, Carolina, so that's interesting.
0: Wow, that is interesting.
2: In a possession-based team yeah. that Miami now has, yeah, they were out-possessed at home. Yeah, it surprises for sure. me. They, they, yeah. They're a surprise for me. I mean, and again,
1: we're we're flogging uh, a, a three-point performance,
2: but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and I guess we shouldn't. Uh. Mm. Next up was us. We played Rio. Yeah, got a draw.
1: Got a draw. Are you happy with that? Uh, no. No, of Neither course not. Neither am I. I thought no. we should have won that I game. I think so, too. Yeah, I thought I we deserved so. to win the game. Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought we were the better side. And mm-hmm. That was uh, the one with the uh, strange offside call, wasn't it, against Tomey there? Tommy ended yeah, up scoring I think, that, it, bit, I think it was. I think that was. A,
2: and um, yeah. I think we were all on the same page At it was probably not offside. Yeah, I mean, he was buying the ball. I think yeah.
0: it was the was what the video no, showed. I, it. I, I, I totally, it was onside. It, yeah. it has to be.
2: The only thing offside on the play was the uh, ref's decision. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and that would have been a game. It would have been the winner. nil game. It would have been the game, winner. game. Would have yeah. been the game winner. Well, yeah.
2: you go back to this one, and, and again, you know what? Refs have uh, such a difficult job, I think. It, it, I think it is a tough sport to, to ref because, if you know, everything is a split second. When a penetrating pass comes from 30 yards back, the, the linesman is supposed to be on the line with the last player. Never Never is but i know but i i just think so it's i'm going to give him a little bit of uh leeway yeah. for human error because at the end of the day there's you know, okay there's human for error. sure human
1: error yeah. in there but when the whole stadium can see it and the linesman's job is to watch that I line know. and they miss that yeah I can't I can't give him a free pass on that one. I don't think Gaffer did, but... but uh, Well, and it's funny no. because
0: the guy who was in the middle of the park for that game may be a guest here soon, and then I'm uh, sure uh, no. I'm sure someone will have a, a question or two for him I'll over decision-making. Mr. Gantar, yeah. a couple of questions. Gantar. Yeah, questions.
2: That wasn't his call. It was obviously the, no, the, the linesman's yeah. call. Of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, tough one either way. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's certainly a lost uh, two points, yeah. you know, because that's... Um, We're five back right now with the game in hand on the Cosmos for the fall title. And uh, that puts us three back. Yeah. You know, obviously, the goal differential will need them to drop more than one game. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, yeah, we can't be level on points because the goal differential is too great. Anyhow, uh, and that leads that, into the weekend. Yeah. And difference is
1: that like a different feeling for the same scoreline. Hey, I know, I know. Yeah, that, and, and different. Uh, and
0: yeah. that, of course, is our our match yesterday, or not yesterday, but our match on the weekend against New York uh, yeah. also ended up in a draw zero zero. But oh my God, what a game! It was yeah. so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah wow. it, was, it
2: was very entertaining. We created chances. We wanted to defend. We, third game in six nights. Yeah. That's a lot uh, we knew it would be difficult for sure. And the players, I mean, full credit because they, uh, they held their line. New York created some chances, but so did we on yeah, the yeah, counter. Yeah. So course. great result. Matt Van Ockel again, you know, well deserved player of the week. Yeah. You know, there is a, speaking on that, you know, the NASL, and uh, I really hope they listened to this because they had the sing out for the league MVP, you know, um, candidates for league MVP. And at the very bottom, they put outside chance Matt Van Ockel. What? So if we, if we understand what most valuable player to his team means... To have him as an outside chance yeah, is an that's embarrassment. Ridiculous. That is yeah. an embarrassment. so. I don't know if someone had their three-year-old child point at a bunch of names, and that's so how they came up with their list. <laughs> but clearly, this then is not an outside chance. No, no, of no. thirteen no, shutouts, no. one more from the league no. record. I, I was I having that conversation this every with somebody game. the other day. Yeah. He should be the league. He MVP. is the league MVP right. because I would you agree. look at right. yeah. There's some good players. Ramirez has a lot of goals on a team that's in fourth place. And uh, other players are doing their thing on teams that are fifth and sixth. Mav Van Oko has this team in second place. Yeah. Yeah. And to be, a you know, knock on wood, that it continues to a success, but uh, to be given an outside chance, is, that's, uh, uh, that's uh, a shocking it's embarrassment. That's a ridiculous statement yeah, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Little, I'm annoyed by that.
0: Well, and we'll move on to the next yeah. match, which was Indy 11 and Miami FC. And this was good for us because Indy ended up winning that one 2-1. to one.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I didn't pick. I I thought Miami would would be. Oh,
0: we both picked that. I think someone else picked Indy, didn't he?
1: I think I picked a draw on that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I picked a draw, so yeah. I was the closest. Well, <laughs> speaking yeah. of uh,
0: speaking of which, who who won? I know. I guess we should finish the list here. Let's go yeah. on. Uh, I pu- won Puerto Rico, <laughs> Jacksonville. Uh, that was a draw, three uh, three. I called it. Yeah, I, I didn't call that yeah. one. I, I figured uh, I figured Puerto Rico would have won that one by at least one. Yeah, uh, uh, indifferent. But about they those did two not. Teams. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up, Tampa Bay one nil over Carolina.
1: <laughs> Carolina is another one 0 loss. They make you work for it. It yeah. seems like doesn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely,
0: know. and that's uh, and that's what we can expect this coming weekend when yeah, we, that's we right. go down there. Yeah. Uh, the final game of the week that was a surprise for me, uh, and I know you you should have called it. You, you went with Minnie, yeah. Jeff, and 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 you, but you would. Your heart was in the Ottawa spot. I know. I know. Ottawa ended up winning the game three to two. Yeah, and uh, you feel for Manny because what's going on there? Yeah, I don't.
2: <laughs> I think it's great. Honestly, I, I I like Manny a lot. You know, obviously running their running their team from uh, behind the scenes now, and, and certainly their manager Carl is a great guy. And, and I want I wish the best for him. Now yeah. he's under a bit of pressure because there's already rumors starting about who's going to be their next coach in the MLS. So a bit of pressure for the wee man, but. You know, at the end of the day, they've got a massive budget. Um, they're, they're leaving. All these good stories are going to the MLS. They're leaving our league. Yeah. You know, okay. I mean, wouldn't it be great to see a team that's leaving our league to go to the MLS and not be one of the top teams in our league? Yeah. What's that say about our league? Yeah. You know, that's, so I look yeah. at it that way, and yeah. so be it. You know, sorry if you're listening to me, man, but.
0: And the uh, the last game of the weekend was a 1-1 draw between Rio and uh, Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, kind of indifferent. I, I don't know. Fort Lauderdale—they're
2: on a seven-game unbeaten streak right now. Fort Lauderdale, really? Yeah, they've turned the corner. They're—they're they're doing some good things at the moment. So we'll have them in a few weeks' time, and maybe three weeks. I think yeah. on that next uh, second-last road trip, like right?
1: October fourteenth. Oh, no. No, we're we're on, the the road. on the road. Yeah, that. We're
2: yeah, on Fort the road. We're at Fort Lauderdale, oh, okay. in Minnesota. So it's yeah. another uh, midweek jobby, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that would be tough. I mean, that that's a team that's flying. They uh they're right there in fifth tight in in fifth. There's there's three teams on 32 points or yeah. one of them. Yeah. And all those teams have a game in hand on Minnesota who's fourth. Wow. And uh, so they can all close a gap to I believe two points to Minnesota if they all win their game in hand. Whew. So
0: wow.
2: it's tight. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um and now we go on to the week that will be. So okay. coming up there's a match uh, I think there's a match tomorrow, Wednesday, is there not? No. No? No, it are we seeing? Oh, it's a Friday night game. Yeah. Friday night game. So we've got Miami, Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'm going to have to say Puerto Rico We're or Miami picks on that right one. Now? I'm not well, yeah. not
2: My and God. yes, Dre did win uh, last week again yes. with uh, four, a record of 4-4. Four 4-4. And four. Four and four. It's a mighty, <laughs> yeah. mighty record. How
0: bad is that? You know, <laughs> it's a tough I league. Know. You know, it is a tough league. It, 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 there's so much parity within the yeah. league that it is that is a tough one.
1: Yeah. Who's picking first, boys? I'll pick first then. Which game are we picking? Miami, Miami. Puerto Rico. Miami's hosting. And I will pick Miami. The dub picks Miami. Miami. Jeff picks Miami. I don't know why you guys don't go for draws here. It's a draw. It's clearly a draw. These two teams, is clearly a draw. If there were to be a draw in the league.
0: I can't wait till one of us wins, and the gloating shall be huge. (laughs) Uh, Next up, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa Bay Rowdies. That, for me, could be a draw. In fact, I'll say a draw on that one.
2: Yeah, that would, if I was going to pick a draw this weekend, that would be the one, but I won't. I'm going to go with Fort Lauderdale.
1: Okay. And uh, just so that we're all different on that one, I'm going to take Tampa to really upset the apple cart. I like the way you said that.
0: Tampa.
1: Tampa. <laughs> I'm going to do the worst. Yes. In Tampa. Next on the
0: list, we've got the Jacksonville Armada FC versus Rayo. OKC. Okay, I'm, uh, oh man, that's a bit of a smelly one, but I'm going to go for Rayo on that one. That's another one that's a possible draw, but I'll, I'll say Rayo. I'll give Rayo the benefit of the doubt.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Rayo. Um, couple rails, and I'm going for a draw, as D-Dub
1: said there. Now we are back to uh, uh, Ottawa, Minnesota
0: again. They're playing back-to-backs, obviously. And uh, yeah. I think this time around, I don't know. The last time I saw Minnesota play in Ottawa, Minnesota won. Um, that's a tough call. I think they're going to be looking for some kind of revenge. I got, I'm going to go mini on this one. I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm going to go mini.
2: Yeah, that's a tough one. Huh? Ottawa is doing okay lately. Yeah. They're, they're, they've not in a while as well, Ottawa.
1: Especially at home.
2: Um, I'm going to go draw on that one.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing, JP. Liar. Yeah.
2: Uh, next
0: up, Carolina Railhawks, FC Edmonton, of course, some win FC. Yeah, I don't all think we
2: need to put that one down. No, We know we're all choosing. Hey, don't put it down there. It's put down. Okay,
0: that's <laughs> a good thing. Uh. Next up there, Indy 11, New York Cosmos another barn burner that could be and it's uh, a home field advantage for indy i'm gonna say a draw on that one
2: yeah i'm gonna pause here for one second while i think about it huh. okay um <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna go uh who'd you say
0: i went to, for a draw yeah, i said a draw no, it's, no, a it's, it's a tough one Good
2: shout that eh um i'm gonna go draw <laughs> I'm going to screw you guys all over. There you Take go. Take a draw. I I think it's going to be well. We've got the one game where all three of us
0: made a different call, so someone's going to win it. Yeah, someone's going to win it this week, and that'll be the turning point, I think. Within that, Um, two weeks running is the champion. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, that's it for the uh, for the for the roundup, I think. And and I have to throw it out there right now. Uh, There's going to be an away trip coming in here, so we are going to miss next week as far as uh, the podcast goes. So my apologies. Um, you know, if we, if we get
1: uh, really, uh,
0: really on top of things, and I bring some microphones with me on the road, we might be able to do. That's a uh,
1: travel day too, Dita. Uh, That's going to be a rough.
0: Well, I mean, we could do it during we do while, it we're, an away, while yeah. we're away. While we're away, an airport. There you go. But it depends on uh, whether my equipment works or not. But. Uh, Anyway, that's it for us here at the uh, lovely uh, Rabbit Radio. I want to thank uh, everyone. I want to thank our special guests uh, for coming in here, Ben Fisk, and uh, we want to thank uh, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Dre and Jeff Paulus, as always, for for being the uh, wonderful uh, co hosts that you are. Um, so, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy this episode. The even does an episode of uh, Rabbit yeah, Radio. Fantastic. And uh, we'll be back to chew the fat some more in the wonderful world of soccer and FC Edmonton in a short period of time, I'm sure. For all of us here at Rabbit Radio, you guys have a good time and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton.